AGK Jamal, aka Nana Man, and this is the problematic, problematic safe place. place. All right, y'all. This is AGK Jamal, aka oh, we we oh yeah. <laughs> but nah, man, I was just gonna tell them. Okay, so we're doing this a little bit differently. All right, we uh, recorded the first part of this show in a different day. It was last week. Now. We felt based off of that. We we felt, man, like some of the issues that we were talking about, like with the LBGT and transphobia and all kinds of shit that I'm probably gonna get slandered for for just saying. Somebody, I feel like we needed somebody who. I feel like we needed somebody who was a little bit more knowledgeable. I'm not even sure she's from the community. We're gonna get to that though. But she's definitely, <laughs> she's definitely more, 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 more involved than we are, than a couple of cis niggas like uh, ourselves. Uh, well, I, I'll speak I see. for me. Once again, I don't know what a cis is. Mama Yo. didn't raise no cis around here, but okay. Yo, but our homie is going to, she's going to clear this up for us. So uh, I'd like to welcome y'all to the Problematic Safe Place Part 2 and our guest, Alexandra. No, yeah. I. Alexandra, no, I. Can we give her a proper introduction? Uh, go here? ahead, bro. Uh, go ahead, man. For my audience that is not... Uh, can't see us, yeah. but, you know, I just want to kind of give you an accurate description of Alexandra. Uh, no eye, yeah. by the way, fellas. Um, I mean, she got a real melodic aura with herself. I mean, very embraceive. Uh, got these hazel eyes that just paint an accurate description. Mm. Like, a, she, it, it vivid. You just you can you can look at her eyes and just tell the story. Um, Earthy, very, 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 sensual. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very mm-hmm. centric, I'll say that very centric. Um, I mean, beauty beyond measures. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but honestly, honestly, yeah, and it, and without her saying a word, she's very impactful. Just uh-huh. by her body language, is very impactful. She don't even have to say a word. Um, so I'm happy, and um, it's an honor to have you on the show. Definitely, most Alexander. definitely. Thank you. That was that was great. Hey, that's what we do. <laughs> now I'm really glad we're not video recording because I'm Fifty Shades of Red right now. I'm- <laughs> hey, By me or EJ, do. which one is it? Hey. Well, a little bit of both. <laughs> you know, so Alexandra, so so I met Alexandra about maybe like a year or two. Maybe not like a year. Not like two, three. Two or three. Yeah, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we met during we met in a meetup. It was like a young black professionals meetup. And uh, when I met when I met her, I don't remember how we got on the subject, but somehow you said some some things that made me inquire about your sexuality. Like you said some things that were, I mean, it seemed like your sexuality was a bit complicated for me to like. So I had it might be a better act, a, a better description. But, but yeah, because yeah, I don't remember what I can't remember what you said back then, but I do remember saying, "Hey, uh, whatever." I, I remember saying, "Hey, I'm going to ask you some questions." Mm-hmm. And feel free to decline, answer as you you know as you see fit, and it's the same same thing goes on here. Right. Who's so, being nosy? So I should, I guess oh, so. Give me a refresher. Like, what do you? You said gender fluid. Is that well? No, no. That. <laughs> but yeah, school. So is- gender fluid does mean something, and that. Um, but that is not what I said, nor how I personally identify. What I said to you is mm-hmm. that I self-identify as pansexual. And what that means, um, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, oh, okay, well, does that just mean you're bi? And the thing about the actual word bisexual, and, and this isn't to say that this describes all of the people who use the term, but the actual word, you know, the roots, the, mm-hmm. 
you know, just the way the words work. (laughs) Bisexual means that you're attracted to men and women, you know, bi, too. Whereas in actuality, there are many points in between those two ends. Uh So a person who's pansexual would potentially be attracted to someone anywhere along that range. There is a lot of gray area between male and female. Wait, so are you saying, okay, okay, okay. So you say anything between that range. Well, so so for me (laughs) personally, hold on. Okay. So for me personally, that is to say that my attractions have nothing to do with gender Uh or with what Mm. parts a person may have or how a person identifies regarding gender. So if you dated a transgender person. We get, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We get, I'm can we, can we, okay. Can I'm we getting, warm up into it? Like, well, no, I'm no, no. interested. Well, so <laughs> what's going mm-hmm. to probably show up a lot in this conversation mm-hmm. is the fact that EJ and I know each other and we've okay. had plenty of conversations. So we're kind of picking up where we left off. So I will try to remember that the audience hasn't been there for all of our conversations. Hey, I'm taking notes and I'm looking up <laughs> pansexual right mm-hmm. now on Wikipedia, you know, say gender blind, not right. necessarily someone that loves. It's not a definite right. uh, preference of sexuality as far as male or female, mm-hmm. but it's like you said, kind of going with your flow. Is it a little platonic at times? Uh, well, I would, I do have platonic relationships, but I would not bring them up in this context. Mm-hmm. This is specifically referring to my romantic and sexual attractions. Okay. So what are your pronouns? <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's it? Yes. Okay, so like, so well, those those are my pronouns, uh-huh. but I am cisgender, okay, pansexual. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> so, so you got another cisgender here, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I look. Okay, so my girlfriend she told me that I'm cisgender. Let me, let me make sure, because I was I said this on a couple of episodes, but I'm still okay. So I'm cisgender, mm-hmm. hetero romantic, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. hetero sapio, Yeah, man, so I you would see that being accurate. So you would agree. Right. Like I'm a sapiosexual. Well, I've never met your girlfriend, Uh but with her having, you know, (laughs) given you that much direction, I Uh can gather that she's quite intelligent. So you probably are sapiosexual. And what that means is that you are attracted to a person's intellect or that a person needs to have, you know, to stimulate you intellectually in order to stimulate you. Absolutely. Yeah, Nana. So what am I? <laughs> That's all I want to hear. That, that, well, yeah. from what and and you know, you would know better than I. Uh-huh. But in the limited amount of exposure that I've had to you, you appear to be cisgender. Uh-huh. I've gathered that you are heterosexual or heteromantic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just to put it that out there once again, I love women. So noted. <laughs> and only women. <laughs> and that's okay. fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah. All right, okay, so that's that's good. Oh, and I'm sure you um you would prefer the terms he or him. Oh yeah, who me yeah. or Nana? Both of you. Oh yeah, he, yeah, him, mm-hmm. uh, his. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wait, so okay, so you don't use they. I do not use they for myself. No. Yo, let's get into the shit, yeah, Nana. Yeah, you said okay. Last episode, you said you were transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get right to it, bro. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I, I asked. Hey, so I'm sweating bullets in here. The first part of the episode. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. well, first going back to last episode, Nana said some problematic shit, mm-hmm. which is what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And I just had to ask because a lot of people were wondering if Nana was transphobic. So we asked him, and 
My fucking co-host said mm-hmm. that he is transgendered. I mean, transphobic. Transphobic. <laughs> All right. So now, now. I asked, I asked you, what do, yeah. what do you mean when you say that? Because I was, I tried to give you a rope, you know, thinking you could maybe, maybe he's not what he thinks and of me, once, but you end up hanging yourself with it. <laughs> but can you explain to Alexandra, like, why do you? And, and once again, I went off the definition of Wicked, which I don't know if it's necessary accurate, okay. transphobic, which was transphobia is a range of negative attitudes or feelings, action towards transgender or transsexual people. It can be emotional disgusted, fear, violence, anger, or discomfort felt or expressed to those who do not conform with society's gender expectation. Now, bro, fuck Wikipedia. I, like, I, I, I think well, it's important that we know your well, definition. That's why well, I want to make sure where I'm coming from is not necessary that I have a negative attitude towards them or wish any ill will towards them. It sounds them. like you're more on the discomfort end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I'm not as comfortable because I'm not as exposed to them. Right. You know, so, I, you know, it's relatively new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, this is, it, again, not necessarily gay people, but transgender people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, transsexuality. I don't get it. Right. I was born in a more conventional setting where mm-hmm. there's a mom and dad or men and women they, you know, love each other and, you know, your your sex preference is what you've been, your gender, you identify with the gender that you were born with. Mm-hmm. Now, my question, I'm not sure if you have the answer, but is someone necessary, is there anybody, do you think people are born gay or made gay? I think I know mm-hmm. that we are born with our sexual preference. We may not recognize it early. But it's certainly not something that anyone can make us be, and it's definitely not something we choose. Um, I kind of disagree with that because okay. there's there's certain people that choose to be gay. You know, they'd be like, um, there's been experiments like in college with some women. They'd be like, you know what, I'm tired oh, of shit. Let me go ahead and experiment with women and see how I like that. Well, uh, engaging in behavior does not necessarily mean that that behavior is inherent within you. Are you talking about like like gay for pay? You heard that term? I've heard that. Or or sometimes, you know, people may, um, it may be a ploy for attention. Or it may just be, like you said, experimenting. Mm -hmm. But if a person, first of all, sexuality is fluid, period. Is it? It is. And and that, that it doesn't only mean the gender that one is attracted to. But for example, uh-huh. when you were young, you may have preferred slim, you know, a slimmer woman. Uh-huh. And then you got older and you realized, oh, wait a minute, curvy women got some things going too. Uh-huh. So you're you're That's not based on physical appearance. But even with that, mm-hmm. your the things that you find appealing changed over time. But the common denominator is they're all female. In that for you, yes. But that's not the case with everybody. No, but I'm saying so and back to going back to gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. Well, are you talking about mm-hmm. gender fluidity or attraction fluidity? Because those are oh, different. Attra- oh, well, attra- attraction is definitely fluid. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not questioning that. Right. But more so, I think gender fluidity only applies to women, or maybe it's only accepted for women. That it is typically yeah. more acceptable when women are gender. But let me fluidity. go back, Nana. You say you didn't know what gay for pay was. 
No. All right, so in porn, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I'm sure it happens in real life, but I'm, think, I'm thinking from a porn aspect. In porn, you have dudes who, who will fuck other guys on camera, but then claim that I'm not really gay. I just do it for the money. I just fuck dudes on camera. I suck dick for money, but mm-hmm. I'm not really gay. And a lot of these dudes, they will actually be in relationships with women, but they will fuck guys on camera and say they're not That's gay. Crazy. Well, or another example, a lot of women who may dance at gentlemen's clubs mm-hmm. are lesbians. They're but getting dancing, paid. But dancing at a club doesn't really... That, that has nothing to do with your sexuality, though. Well, but think about... Oh, I can get my magic mic on, you know? It's just like <laughs> shit. Well, yeah. like, but would you be able to give convincing lap dances and all of that? Fuck no. Well, there you go. It's, it's part of playing, you know, the role for pay, which is, you know... That was a red flag. What? You get your magic mic on. Man, so tell me, like, would you, th- so Nana, would you think it's gay, all right, if, uh, if you dance, if you work to the gay club and you Hell dance? yeah. That, I, 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 I wouldn't say that, bro. Hell I would, yeah. I disagree, bro. Okay, you so man, I like to assert my masculinity. Yo, you don't you believe know? in being able to pay your bills. And also, there I, are I, lots I, of men I, who I, like masculine men. Mm, gay niggas tip better, bro. I, that's from what I've seen. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Gay niggas tip better, bro. I guess I'm transphobic, like, I. But I, we're I, not I, even talking yep. about trans. I knew she was gonna say it. Oh, nah, yeah, I can't. I like to assert my masculinity. I, I love it. I love being around women. Okay? okay, and I mean, I don't like to be around men that think I'm attractive. Well, let me let me just say mm-hmm. this. You know how uncomfortable you feel right now about having to explain your sexuality. <laughs> that was a comfortable laugh. Imagine, imagine <laughs> having that all all day, every day. I, I okay, Boom. yeah. You say okay, oh. right. but you made a point. She made a point. But is it always necessary to to um, what's it called to expose your sexuality? No, it's not. Because what I do when I'm not at work, for example, that's mm-hmm. none of my coworkers' business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I do. Um, you know, just period. Yeah. My my romantic relationships are not anybody's concern unless I bring it up. But I shouldn't, at the same time, I shouldn't feel like I have to refrain from talking about my love life if everyone else is talking about their love lives. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I gotcha. So Nana, okay. So going back to you and the whole transphobia mm-hmm. thing. I'm tired. I'm kind of tired of how people. I feel like we use those terms too loosely. Like I feel like a lot of people is just quick to call somebody transphobic or homophobic. You know, it's just it, you know, just say just just emotionally charged because you say something that they didn't like. For instance, Nana, based off of what you said, okay, today mm-hmm. <laughs> you said that you're uncomfortable around transphobic Absolutely. people. Now, well, transgender, now, trans. Yeah. What did I say? Trans. So transgender people, thank you. Transgender people, right? But I don't think you. Unco- I don't think that makes you transphobic or because pho- well, like, let's let's go into the definition of phobia. Well, the okay? definition that he looked at discomfort was a word in there. Yes. But when I'm saying so, no, but I disagree with that because mm-hmm. think because think about it this way: like it comes down to prejudice. But okay, prejudice versus preference, right? Okay, prejudice versus preference. Okay, just because I'm uh, I grew like a lot of black people grew up around most you know mostly black folks all their life. What happens with them when they have to attend a network meeting, you know, after after job and they're the only black person there? Some of them, a lot of people in that situation would feel out of their comfort zone, uncomfortable. Yeah. But that don't mean that they're prejudiced against yeah. white the white people in the room. 
but they're out of their element. I don't think you should be given a label such as homophobia saying you have this irrational fear or disgust or towards a certain group just because you're out of your element. But this was based on the definition. Feeling like a fish out of water is different from feeling um, like a discomfort or a disgust or, you know, a lot of the other terms that were in the definition that you saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... It's it's that's that's part of the difference in that example, uh-huh. which, you know, by the way, I grew up the opposite. I wasn't around a lot of black people when I was growing up. Me so, too. so by later, the way, audience, she is black. I am. Oh, yeah. you, can't t- you can't tell that neo soul vibe, oh, like hey, earthy vibe. That this is <laughs> this is a queen that we talking uh, to right uh, now. Queen. All right. And True. if you don't mind, can I get your number after the show? Maybe I can. Persuade you to come the other way. So is that going to be your signature? For <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, like, like we were, we were okay. So what we were talking about, as far as mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these labels, like I don't agree with that definition. Right. I don't think because for real, uh, the technical term for definition of a phobia is an irrational fear right. of some kind. Now that usually isn't the definition when people use the terms trans or homophobic. But if you say germaphobe, then yeah, then it means like yeah, you have an irrational fear of germs. It doesn't quite work the same way, but I'm like, when is there's a difference? There needs to be a fine line between preference and prejudice. Well, with the fear, with fear being part of the definition of phobia, mm-hmm. you also want to keep in mind that um, people act irrationally out of fear, or people fear what they don't understand, mm-hmm. and so those. It's like a ladder, you uh-huh. know, you don't understand something. So then you fear it and then you may potentially engage in problematic behavior. Uh-huh. So like Nana, for instance, if Nana goes to, let's say that if Nana goes to this mixer, all right, this networking function, mm-hmm. and it seems to be predominantly trans and a few like, you know, and other LBGT members. LGBT. LBGT. LG. LG. That's what I said, right? You said LBGT. That's what you. Wait, it, it's, not L, it's not LBGT. No, it's LGBT. Oh, okay. LB, LG. And, and does it have to be in that order? That's the typical way that it's said. And well, actually, can, can we, t- if you're ready to have your minds blown, it's mm-hmm. expanded. Okay. I know it's expanded. That's why I <laughs> so usually follow LGBTQI is Q- the last that I heard. I thought there was, no, there's more so than Q that. Q is for questioning. I thought it was queer. Or it could be queer. That's a C. And then I, well, no. Um, you can be queer and not Queer gay. can, a lot of people use queer to be all inclusive. Because, you know, you can get tongue-tied when you try uh-huh. to include everything. So for some people, queer is a more umbrella term that includes, you know, all of these things where some people are very specific in how they mean it. And I mean, it's like with almost every word, there there is typically an official definition, but then there's also the connotation that the user, mm-hmm. you know, um, expresses and, and all of that. So... I couldn't speak for how another person uses it. And I can, uh, sometimes I heard that word queer could be offensive to some people. It can yeah. be. I mean, and, and part of that too is your intention when you say it. So, but there's then people that, the there's T, people the T, that can, the transgender. B, Q, Lesbian. What's the I? Right. The I? So lesbian, gay, bisexual, mm-hmm. transgender. So Q, queer, or questioning. Uh-huh. And then I. Incomplete. No, you know what? It might have been 
let me pan and all uh, that. Let me double check. Mm-hmm. No, there's no pee. So pansexual could just be a straight person. Just, they don't identify with the sex they want. Well, no, that actually would be asexual. From what I'm understanding, you did be describing. All right, now going back to like, so Nana, imagine Nana at a social event as predominantly mm-hmm. trans and LBGT members. Nana being a fellow first-generation first African, you know, he's not, you know, just the way he grew up, he's not accustomed to being in that, in, you know, in that element. Mm-hmm. So he feels out of his comfort zone. He's a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, it doesn't make sense because that that's not the same as him being against them. It's not the right. same as him, you know, it's not the same as him lashing out or starting conflict. Right. He just feels like a fish out of water. He's right. uncomfortable. And I'm just saying, like, as human beings, we naturally gravitate to people that we identify, subconsciously, we feel we identify with. It's like you go to a a, a business meeting. Okay, most of the time, black people, they try to sit next to black people, you know, at the meeting, just because that's just who they identify with. I try to stay away from them. (laughs) That's because you're an African that hates black people. I think there's a difference. Well, uh, sidebar, Uh I, I looked it up really quickly, and... The first entry that I saw, the I is for intersex. Intersex. Okay. Oh, what's that? Yeah, I forgot what that That was. can be, well, let me not speak out. But that may mean a transphobic, that situation that I, pull, that I put Well, up. if it's just that he's looking around and he's seeing, you know, people who are different from what he is accustomed to, that does not necessarily make him transphobic. But if it's where... He has like a volatile reaction or, um, you know, says just, yeah, like you know, speaks, things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be, which would cause in a prejudice territory. Right. A prejudice. Right. Yeah. There right. we go. You know what I'm saying? So, so, that's, so I'm not transphobic. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't believe that you are based mm-hmm. off of the definition we talked about. I don't feel like you should be labeled a phobe of any kind yeah. if just because you're uncomfortable with a, a, an yeah. element you're not used to. Yeah. Now, it's yeah. when you act on it in terms of like a way that's hateful or, uh, you know, engaging in a, you know, in a violent way or that's when I would call you a phobe, you know, yeah. and even a, yeah. a bigot. Yeah. But you don't strike me as that. You're just yeah. uncomfortable because that's not what you're used to. I just strike but you as a handsome man. I got what I will also point out is that, EJ, for you, uh-huh. You, you know, being another black, straight, um, you know, male. Yeah. You're almost never going to have occasion to see him respond in that way because he's never going to respond that way to you. Like you would have to be you would have to just happen to be with him Uh if he were put into a situation like that and then see how he would react. True. Going back to intersex. it, it can manifest in different ways, but the general definition is that a, is a person who is born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't fit the typical definitions of female or male. How's wow. that different from... That, uh, it's not, gen- that's not to say that they have... Well, what were you about to say? Let me not interrupt. How's that different... Wait, okay, is that the they? Intersex no, is they? No. 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 Is that okay. physical... Right. Oh, it means well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It could be internal, (sighs) but it just means that it is not like it's not instantly physically clear whether or not they would be like they they 
again. Born with a reproductive, that's internal, uh-huh. or sexual, that's external, anatomy that doesn't fit the typical definitions of female or male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of us I'm, are thinking I'm, about I'm, this I'm shit like, your face. Is like that in between your legs. You're saying it's a feeling. It could, so. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It's it could be it could be something about their ovaries. It, so, like I said, it could be internal or it could be external. So you it's can different be a for different people. Intersex right. person. So Although, well, there, well, that's where it would be tricky to say because, um, in that instance, like as far as straight goes, then you would only be straight if you were attracted to another intersex person, because you're not quite, you're not overtly one gender or the other. You like a Sierra? I think that was a rumor, <laughs> allegedly. Well, yeah, she had a kid, yeah, you know, so that, that yeah. was a rumor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is why kids. the show is called Problematic Lady. You know, yeah. it's Nana. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Talking. I heard, but I, okay. Oh, no, let's yeah. not get into what you said about Janet Mock. Don't look. Don't even go into that. Don't do it to yourself. Now, before Duvall already hung himself. Before we go into that, I just want to bring up one more prejudice versus preference situation, okay? I was on the Greyhound bus not too long ago, right? And it was a packed bus, all right? The bus was packed. Well, well, uh, it, can we back up just a little bit and have mm-hmm. you define those terms for the people just on the just-in-case? Okay, so prejudice. Prejudice is when you have um, a feeling of, when you have like right. a oppositional feeling towards a certain group of people based off of who they are. Okay, you have a problem with it, you're acting out on it. Preference is when you, when you just have... When you just have a really, when you when just you have a positively gravitate. Yeah, when you positive, there we go. Like when you positively gravitate towards group of people that you identify with in some way or feel more comfortable with. Okay, so I was in this. There was a situation where I was on the Greyhound bus, right? And it was like packed. Okay, was, I think it was during the holiday. It was just what packed. What you doing on a Greyhound bus? Oh, I was riding up to. I was gonna go see my girl. You know, doing a long distance thing you right ain't now. Heard of mega bus? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're everywhere. Oh, but Megabus got high. They they on some fuck shit. Right oh now. really? Yeah, they got high. Shoot, I used to go to Houston for ten dollars. Shit, not no back and forth. I, when was the last time you went? Oh man, that was about uh, two years. Yeah, 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 man. They got Hollywood. All right. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so I was on the Greyhound. Shit was packed. Okay, it was packed. Everyone, there was no way you had to sit next to somebody on this bus. So everybody was sitting next to pairing up next to people. There's this white dude who was eyeing this one. You could tell he was eyeing this one seat next to this brother. All right. And I guess the brother picked up on this, and this gentleman, he made it very clear. He said, hey, all right, if you're not black or a woman, don't sit next to me. <laughs> like, straight I up, like, I, like, he was not playing any games, bro. You say, if you're not black or a woman, don't sit next to me. So I want to ask y'all, like, would that fall him? into the pride? Well, you got to have it. In America, there's a lot of... Yeah. Racial, you know, racial tensions, and I don't know what he was going through that day. But would y'all think that would fall into pride or prejudice? Well, uh, that's a I mean, not pride. I mean, <laughs> prejudice, pre- prejudice or, pre- or preference. That's definitely a prejudice. Well, what he verbally expressed was a preference, but what he implied was prejudice. I mean, it's not like he mm-hmm. he didn't kick the dude out of the seat, yeah. right? He just said. He just explained what he would prefer. Yeah, he to just stated his preference. He <laughs> right. disclosed. Okay, right. that he, was it. He definitely asserted that. Yeah. <laughs> and did, did any other white person or non girls sit next to him? No, it was actually I respect the white dude because he sat his ass down right next to him. 
And it was just an awkward silence between the two for the rest of the ride. I respect, I respect what the white dude did, all right? Uh, not, getting, said not getting punked. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to sit down. I paid as much yeah. as you to be on this bus, so we going together. All right, Lil Duval. So, oh, man, the last time we we you know we Dang, talked about this, bro, throwing the bullets. Last time we talked about this, bro, you in an indirect way said that you were definitely getting them guts of Janet Mock if she no. were, if you did, you know damn well, bro. <laughs> this, oh, this guy right here, I remember, he's insinuated something that is not true at all. Alexandra, what no. he said was, he said no. he, I showed him a picture. Oh uh, no, I showed him I a looked picture. at him. I was like, look at it or her. 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 Okay, we're gonna hurt. Okay, my bad. I'm, that was politically incorrect. Let me. Uh, let me change my answer. Her. Uh-huh. Looked at her. Mm-hmm. Janet Monk. Mm-hmm. That used to be a guy. That- See, that wasn't necessary. You looked Why at- wasn't that necessary? So, because that's not relevant to the story. You were telling the story of what happened when you saw this picture of Janet Mock, period. Mm-hmm. What did you do when you saw the picture? Okay. Once again, when, well, I just want to <laughs> kind of reiterate there, Okay. <laughs> okay. We have the clip, so, all right? First, so we're gonna know first, if you keep that same I know. energy. First I looked at I looked at the picture and I knew this was a transgender, okay? Person. So off top, you know, my mind's like, I'm not gonna, you know, be attracted to this person. And then when I seen the picture, I I couldn't I, I couldn't tell that this person used to former gender used to be a male from a female. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. Like, it was very impressive. I don't know what happened if they in, uh, inserted some estrogen Again, in them. not relevant. Okay. Well, but I, I, I disagree. I, I, I think no, that no, was no, relevant. No, 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 no. So, so, like, when I looked at the picture, you know, um, if EJ never told me this used to be a male, I'll be like, you know, that's a, that's a well-suitable woman there. Mm-hmm. What you said was... Fellas, <laughs> you were like, fellas, nah, nah, be careful. Nah. Y'all be careful. What that meant was, bro, if you didn't know that that, that she used to be a guy, but gender assigned as a guy, fuck it, used to be a man, okay? Like, Alexander's going to correct me later on. Okay, that she was born a man, now she's a trans woman, or trans gotta check the gender Adam's person. Apple. No, 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 you were fine. Okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm hypercorrect. Okay, if you didn't know that, you would have fucked. Nah. You would have fucked. You would have shot your shot. First said. of all, I never well, said I, that, that's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. All you can ever say is whether you would shoot your shot. You never know if you're going to get the opportunity to get with somebody. Yo, I would have. I, I, would, I would definitely <laughs> would have had I, I know. not known. Okay. They, yeah. okay. Like that was, but she, they did, they did some good work. That was some sorcery right there. Like I would not have told. Okay. Either. But. So <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? Talk Ooh, to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Xandra, talk to me. Hey, I, I here's mean, the thing. Uh huh. If someone is attractive, they're attractive. Uh huh. Period. Yeah. What they used to look like. Uh huh. What they, you know, what they might look like tomorrow is irrelevant. If in this moment you look at a picture and you say, oh, you know what? Yeah. That person's attractive. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to spend 10 minutes qualifying. You can just say like, OK, Janet Mock is attractive. Now, then, if the next question is, you know, would you attempt to, like, sleep with Janet Mock? That's a different question. But, you know, well, we already know the answer to that. Yeah, is that be, because because you're aware, mm-hmm. you would steer away because of all your mental yeah. blockages. Yeah. That's yeah. not to say how you would feel in person or whatever. But because think about all the times when you've seen someone attractive online uh-huh. and y'all might, you know, slide in the DMs or whatever yeah. and y'all mm-hmm. chop it up and then yeah. when you like meet them at the cafe or whatever, yeah. it's like, oh, 
Yeah, Photoshop, Photoshop. Well, not even that, but sometimes just the vibe isn't there oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got a question here yes. since you brought that up here. Um, do you think uh, someone that was a transgender or, person. you know, a person? I learned that just okay. like transgender person, yes. Transgender person, mm-hmm. okay. Um, someone that maybe once was a male and went to the transformation and became a female um, is going to interact with someone in a physical, intimate setting, they should, um, what's called, expose their former former gender? That really is up to them. Um, I'm not, I never condone dishonesty. Mm -hmm. So if you're building with a person and forming a like relationship, Mm -hmm. relationship with them, eventually you're going to talk about your childhoods and such, Mm -hmm. right? So if you leave out um in in telling your truth there are ways that that sort of information could be, you know, it could come up. Yeah. But at the end of the day what happens between two people really is between those two people. Or, true. Or, or, and also, you know, if people are in relationships that involve more than two people. Yeah. The point All is, right. what happens in the context <laughs> gotcha, of a relationship is between those people. I, I need a, I, I want a definite answer. Well, you think it's necessary. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking for. you think it's necessary yeah. because to give that person the power of choice of like, hey, I used to be a male and I'm a female now. Why does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, you, you take yeah, away I the mean, power of choice. Like, I, I like once I seen Janet Mark's picture, mm-hmm. and EJ told me this was a transgender person. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, I might say, hey, this is a very suitable woman. But say if it goes a little further, I'm not going to uh, pursue any physical, in, um, intimate level with that person because I know that used to be a male. Well, but the operative word there would be used to be. No, oh man. Okay, shit. I must say some problematic shit, bro. I still need a definite Yo, answer. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, thank you, man, for bringing still, that back. I still want a definite answer from you. So like, should they, Alexandra, what do you think? Should they disclose or should they not? Or is it their right? It's their right to me. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No, I answered that. But should they disclose or should they not? What do you think? It's. I think it's up to them. I think that they need to gauge the situation because I'm, a, I'm, I'm no, going listen, with a no. Listen, right listen, there. listen. If there are times when you don't know how situations are going to play out until you're closer to them, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to the example of a girl you meet on the internet, uh-huh. right? You don't necessarily know what she smells like until you meet her at the cafe. Mm-hmm. You don't know how she responds to certain, you know, situations mm-hmm. until you spend a little more time together. See like, oh, okay, this is the pattern of behavior. You know, this is, if I do this, she's going to do this type of thing, right? So there might be times when a person is still gauging whether or not it is safe for them to disclose that information. Because they also understand that there may be times where disclosing that information could put them in danger. But also, as we know, not disclosing it and then the the party finding out could also cause the same same outcome. But a lot. But see. What you have to look at there is. Is the problem a lack of honesty or is it this preconceived notion of. 
you know, oh, well, this makes me less of a man because blah, blah, blah. Like that's what seems to be the visceral reaction that people have, especially with this particular conversation is like, oh, you know, hell nah, I'm a man. Yeah, yeah. And as a man, you should have told me that, that, that like, no, it's not, that's, that's not how it works. To you okay, though, because you're gender fluid, but see, like, see, I'm, I'm a, you're, you're not gender fluid. <laughs> I get that. I thought you said that. No, I'm, I'm fan. Oh, my bad. Pan, pan <laughs> but, right? Well, but those are different descriptors. Okay. Right. But yeah, but going back, I read this article, right? Mm-hmm. I read this article. Now, first off, I believe you absolutely, absolutely should disclose your status well, to your partner. Well, I mean, partner. so so you're likening uh, uh, it to an STD? Uh, am I yes. likening it to? That's what Part I was doing. But let me, but, but let me, yes. let me, let me. Uh, I have another example. But let me go. On. I was reading this article, right? I was reading this article, and it's called, uh, it's called No. I, it's called No. I don't have to tell you I'm trans before dating you. So I read the article, okay? But the synopsis basically is a marine. Uh, this marine strangled a transgender woman until she became unconscious. And then drowned her in the toilet after finding out that she was, you know, that 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 she was trans. Now, first off, I absolutely do not com- condone that type of behavior. Right. That's a hate crime. That's murder. He definitely should get what the law has in store for him. Okay, I'm not. I don't fuck I, with that. But 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 here's what I'm saying though. Like the article's point. I want to tell you the the points of the article and why I disagree. Okay. Okay. Reading from the article, quote. Well, they're talking about cis people. They say their argument is that they aren't attracted to trans people, so they should have a right to know if a potential partner is trans before dating them. These people view transness as mere physical quality that they that they just aren't attracted to. Right now, it's because this goes off of what you were saying a little bit, Alexandra. The issue with this logic is that the person in question is obviously attracted to trans people, or else they wouldn't be worried about accidentally going out with one. So these trans people aren't attracted to trans people because of some physical quality. They aren't attracted to trans because they are dis- they aren't attracted to trans people because they are disgusted by the very idea right. of transness. Right. So you agree with that, Alexandra? Absolutely. Now I totally disagree with that. Okay, I totally disagree with that because, for, for instance, when I was a, I love cherries, right? I fucking love cherries. As a kid, my mom used to bring me to these little social events. And, you know, they have the salad bar and then they have like the little cherry tomatoes. Um, I eat those and I'm thinking that it's a cherry. And then when I bite into it, I'm fucking pissed when I realize that it's a tomato. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's just one little simple example. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Uh, You think (laughs) just because something looks just as something looks, it it resembles something that you're attracted to doesn't mean it's actually what you want. And you mentioned the STD, which is a perfect example. Okay, I am attracted to trouble right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm a tra- and I almost got taken out of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mentioned that last yes. time, but you know yeah. I love beautiful women. Who mm-hmm. do, what man does it? What hetero man doesn't? But okay, you know but what y'all do, I don't want need a man to with learn how S- to love. Listen, look, but, but no, I know I understand and that. Getting tested on a regular. But my question so. is though, if a woman knowingly, knowingly mm-hmm. yeah. has HIV, right? Why the fuck would she not disclose her status? If you know that you have STD, uh, have uh, have HIV. And you have sex with somebody that didn't disclose well, your that's status. Required by I assume law. that you, I call that attempted murder. To so be honest, it's required by law. Yeah, yeah. yeah I look, you know, and I'm just saying, like out on the outside, she fits the package of what I'm looking for. But if I actually pursue that and dive into it, I'm gonna get something that I don't really want. Right. Okay. As I well, revealed last time. Right. And that's, I mean, again, that's she why using protection right. is so important. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that's but you why can't having use protection, like, okay. You can still use protection with a transgender person, but it, once you, you know, do something with them in that physical aspect, you 
can't take it back. I mean, we can. It's well, not about protection. Whole, it's well, about okay. So we're having two different conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we're talking about, if we're going back to the conversation about STDs, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a person, a person does need to disclose that ethically as well as legally. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. In addition to that. Because there are so many STDs that can be navigated with the proper knowledge, giving a person that information also ensures that they take the precautions they need to take if they choose to engage with you further. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they it, it just, it allows them to remain on their P's and Q's as they need to. Mm-hmm. Now, regarding a potential transgender partner, mm-hmm. First of all, when you're dating someone, like actually dating, not just, you know, it's it's the end of the night at the club and you trying to make it happen before you knock out at yeah, 3 yeah. a.m., mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you're dating someone, in theory, sex isn't the like earliest part of the conversation, right? You're getting to know each other. Like mm-hmm. personalities. The sure, the the sure. implication that sex is gonna happen eventually is there because adults, right? But um so it's it's not, I mean, there's a lot of things that people can say, like, how early are you supposed to talk about these things? When are they supposed to come up? Like a person who has kids, do they bring it up? That, the first perfect day? point. I was going to bring later? that up too. But with a person with kids, like the kids are forever. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're asking a person to disclose, I mean, and, and for different people, it's different because some people mm-hmm. identify as trans, but they haven't necessarily had any sort of surgery mm-hmm. there. They could be referring to the dissonance they feel between their body and their sense of self. Mm-hmm. They could have started to take some physical, um, you know, actions. They could be either dressing a certain way mm-hmm. or, you know, and then, like I said, there's just different steps that they could have taken. It's better if they didn't have the surgery because then by the time y'all drop those jaws down, then you have like a, like you can see that dick. See, like if then you actually can see, you yeah. have a choice. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard to yeah. trick well, somebody. But that's my you point. Mm-hmm. If someone has taken a lot of physical steps. Uh-huh. And so now the only way you would know that that is not the gender that they came out of the womb with. Uh-huh. If, if, at this point, it truly is only a memory. Why does it matter? Because they stripped mm-hmm. away the power of choice. It does, absolutely. Well, but what is there for you to choose? Because at that point, they're the gender that they feel they are because they've now resolved the dissonance between their physical body and their emotional. But not everybody so me, thinks me, that yeah, same But way. me personally, way. if I know going into it mm-hmm. that you had a change of sex um, through an operation, then I want to pursue further in, in that type of level, like a Why? physical, I, I, I want it. I just, you know, it, but you see, can be you're a talking you can be about a you're talking about your mental process. You you're not man. speaking about a person that you have met and have, you know, uh, any again, sort it, of it, affinity it's a, it's for a or towards. Though that's like a personal preference. It's just like, like if I you tell it, me, "Yo, go." I'm sorry, Nana. Yeah, I, I, I just want it. I want it. You know, uh, pursue that anymore in that type of level. Like I know you got it. You change your sex. You used to be a male. Now you're you're a woman. Um, you know I'm not interested. And it's just like meeting a girl on Instagram. Uh, I meet her in person, and you know her personality is ugly or something that 
I'm not attracted to. She might have a great physical attributes, but her personality is not something that I can tolerate. Then, you know, I want to have that power of choice. Like, you know what? I'm not going to see a person's personality, but a person's personality. Again, that's all the time. You're talking about specifically something that once was true and now no longer is true. That, that's all the time. Like you once were, uh, and it's oh, it's going to be in baby pictures. Going to be history. Like you know. Okay, but you didn't know them then. Uh, <laughs> Look, there is no goddamn reason why you shouldn't disclose your status. Like, I feel strongly about that, bro. Yeah, I feel strongly it, it, about that. You- I mean, and again, and and we talked about this before the show. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not transgender, I cannot speak authoritatively mm-hmm. for, you know, people who do identify as transgender. I just know that as, I mean, as a person who tries to think in a fair and balanced way in most situations, mm-hmm. you know, these are, this is just my logic. Yeah. Um, but so an example of why I personally identify as pansexual rather than bisexual, mm-hmm. um, I... Back in the day in a college class, there was a young lady in the class who I found, you know, extremely attractive. Mm-hmm. And um, and in class one day, you know, somehow in the conversation, she chose to disclose that she had been born male and, you know, and, and some other things about uh, her life had been shared. So but in my you know head, I still was like, OK, you know, I'll. Now I know that, but woo, you still bad though. Like, so (laughs) like I wasn't tripping. Whereas, you know, a lot of people have the same sort of reaction that you have. It's like, oh, well, mentally I can't wrap my head around that. So I'm good. But you know, that, that isn't the case for me. Um, Just to give you a little more context as to that. But, um, but like I said, in that Mm -hmm. same situation, now mind you, she was in a relationship, so I didn't have the option of pursuing her anyway. Mm But that information didn't change my attraction to her. Um, What did change my attraction to her is the day when like her backpack fell open and there was like cigarettes and a vending machine sandwich and like just just well, you know, I'm I'm fairly health conscious. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was just like, ooh, girl, you don't respect your temple at all. Nah, I can't do it. Uh (laughs) So there was a triple size energy drink in there too. Like it was oh, just, man. I was like, oh, oh come yeah. on. <laughs> you got everything. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alexander, so do you yes. think Duval was wrong? Yes. But he's been wrong. He's like, <laughs> he is wrong. Yeah. Personified. So, he was I mean, wrong. He's a comedian. What specific when part? Is he always, when is he right? I've, I've never yeah. witnessed such a thing. Oh, by the way, it reminds me. I need to clear. So last episode, last episode or early, earlier this episode, I said something about Charlemagne and I felt that, and I said in the beginning, I felt he, I felt he set Duvall up with that question. I must admit, I have not, um, I don't regularly watch The Breakfast Club and I Uh haven't seen the interview. I've only heard about what happened. Okay. Yeah, I felt like he set Duvall up by asking him that question. Because, it's like, likely because that's what he does. Yeah, because in the beginning, you know, he was like, uh, in the beginning, he asked Duvall. You know, Duvall is this country asking, you know, like, he, well, you talked to him about trans shit, even though his sister's gay. You talked about him about trans shit. He even said it himself, he was like, you nigga, you know better not to ask me that shit. He kept saying it, and, you know, Charlemagne, the breath, they kept on pressuring for right. an answer, and that came out. Now, I listened to the Brilliant Idiots podcast with Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz. Okay. And, uh, uh, after we recorded the first part of this episode. 
And hearing his explanation for why he did what he did, I understand it. He asked, was du- it? He asked Duvall that because he said comedians usually have a different outlook, a different take on social issues. Right. You know, but I guess in mind, I think he, he had in mind, like, obviously he had in mind, like, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock right. were two great examples of that. Now, Duvall is cool, but I don't think he's like a Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock type of comedian. He's cool, but... But basically, I'm saying that to just take my statement back. I didn't, I didn't know that at the time when we recorded the first episode. So I, ch- so I changed my opinion on that now that I'm more informed. But Duvall, I, uh, I disagree with what he said. I disagree with, uh, you know, taking it in a literal sense. I disagree with the message. But as far as, and even that article I read, I feel both parties really are. Now, for, let me just spell it. Let me just say it out loud before I go into this. People, I do not condone killing of transgenders or anyone any type of hate crime mm-hmm. murder is murder you should pay the full uh the full price or whatever okay by the law let that marinate for a bit next point i feel both parties also are should be accountable for their decisions for instance the guy who murdered the transgender for, for you know after finding out about their her her status he definitely needs to be uh, needs to be penalized for murder and suffer by the law to the fullest extent. At the same time, I also believe that woman, okay, she did make the conscious choice to not reveal her status. Now, my point is this. I'm not justifying murder by any means. What I am saying is, is as people, we can't dictate how, and I said this earlier, we can't dictate how people process perceived trauma. Right. We can't dictate that. And you put yourself, and I'm saying, I think trans should, transgendered people, okay, I'm trying to learn, y'all, I'm thinking transgendered people, it benefits them. It, it, it actually adds to their safety concerns by disclosing yeah. their status, yeah. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Now, Alexander, what do you, what do you think well, about that? that's what I was saying. Sometimes you don't know if it'll be safe to disclose that information. And so, really, it's like, I, okay, I do understand your point about particularly if you are looking, if you're getting to know someone in a sense where you might eventually try to build a life together, uh-huh. then I understand, yes, you'd want to know uh-huh. about their childhood. You, Because what, what I thought of as you were speaking and just in thinking about relationships in general, like I don't like to be put in situations where I could walk into a room and there's people there who know stuff about you that I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, so they're looking at me like, oh, I wonder, does she know about, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever? Yeah. So, okay, I get you on that point. But I also want to reiterate to you that in any sort of dating situation, you're not going to tell your whole life story right away. Mm -hmm. And as you get to know people, then you figure out, okay, let me share this part. Okay, now this conversation. I mean, you had to tell me your whole life story. But but before that certain point. Yeah. Come on, if you have AIDS, okay, if you have HIV and y'all are about to have sex, mm-hmm. that's definitely one thing. Right. I don't need to know about your kids. I don't need to know about... Right. That's definitely one yeah. thing well, you yes, should disclose. But in the, in the, I need to know if I'm the, fucking a yeah, born yeah. woman or... See, you, I, I, I'm going to need you to have those conversations separately. If you're talking about STDs, talk about STDs. If you're talking about... But, it's all, to, it's no, all tied in, no, but yes, it's it is. It's, it is, Alexandra, because it all goes Well, no, because now you're deception. likening being transgender to having an STD. I did not, not do that. I did not do that. That's, that's, what, the social, that's what these so, social media... Well, that's, hold on, Nana. That's mm-hmm. what these social media warriors do that I have a problem with. 
I, I clearly pointed out two different. No, you, I, you I, didn't I, put a period between them or nothing. You just kept right on. I'm just using an example, okay? I'm not comparing trans. I'm not comparing. Hold on, hold on, there. Hold on. Let me get this point up. I can't end off on this note. The people going. All right. Hold on. Okay, I'm not comparing trans being transgender to an STD. I'm comparing the deception of not disclosing your transgender status to a partner the same as not disclosing your STD status well, no, but to so, a partner. So the deception. Going, going back to tough. the STD conversation, uh-huh. the question would be, okay, like you said, you want to know before you have sex with them. Absolutely. But it's, you, they're not, you, they know, a lot of times they'll that. know better than to tell you on the first date. No, you need to tell but, me. I, I think you need to tell things. me before we well, before well, we yes, go back to the hotel saying, or whatever. But that's what I'm saying. That there come different points in time where you see like your window of opportunity mm-hmm. when you know when it may be a good idea or even prudent for you to disclose things. Like I said, so there are as you get to know people. Like mm-hmm. I said, you you get a sense of when it's a good time to share certain things. I was before the Uber get here. How about that? How about that? Hey, no, 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 no. What, what about this? Okay, and hopefully I'm not going on a tangent. Go ahead. Isn't yeah. there's certain things in any relationship? Um, and I put this similar to a job interview. When you go into a job interview, that you have to disclose up front. Like if I had a DWI, right. if, if you know, depending on what the occupation is, if it has me driving around, right. I, I need to or disclose been in prison. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been in prison. And and speaking of the prison thing, wouldn't you want to know? that the person you're dating a little bit about their past that is critical. Like say I'm dating someone and, or, you know, someone's dating me and I'm an ex convict mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I spend my time, I served my time already, right. you know, for what I've done, but that can detour, detour them from indulging in this relationship with me, you know? And it's certain things that I think is critical that you need to be upfront right then and there before y'all go any further in the In my world. opinion, trans comes before the prison. I think I think I, I give somebody a little leeway to tell me that you serve time, but the trans shit, I gotta know that immediately before we have sex. It's well, so that. so wait. Uh-huh. Immediately or just before you have sex? Before penetration. Okay, but yeah. that could be a while. Now, I, I that think could that's, be. A, but that's before penetration, need be. I need to know. But that okay. needs to be disclosed up front, like it's almost like an introduction, you know, depending on you're getting to know this person a little bit. And then, I mean, I think you need to disclose that within 24 hours, 48 hours if you're interested. Of in meeting? Business courtesy, yeah, professional it, honestly, courtesy. It, it's just like, like I said, it's like going into a job interview. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be upfront with the, uh, your potential employer and be like, hey, you know, um, just to let you know, I did have a DWI. Is Do you feel good? that way about like breast implants in general? I, now no. I don't think that's critical enough to disclose no. up front. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not something that disrupt my core values. But like, you know, you're, you're okay. Changing so up. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Disrupts your core values. Hmm. That's, oh shit! Okay. She got mm. you. Oh, man. <laughs> She's saying you. So is Can that what is, is, is that uh, what mm. your challenge is? You almost made it, Danny. But there we go. Well, no, because yeah. no, even if you say that, that is probably the most clear thing you've said this whole time. So it's core values typically come from the way that we were brought up, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's just because the way you grew up in in a cultural context, and mm-hmm. you know the context of your individual family, 
based on that, the dissonance, you know, like you said, it disrupts your core values. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, the thing is, sometimes we have to be open to opening up what our core values are. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to stay restricted to the way we grew up because as we get older, we learn things that not only did we not know before, but that our parents didn't know before. That's true. Because like my whole, and, and see, that's the thing too. I kind of have a problem with, I guess, I'm trying to figure out the phrases, but like with the certain, um, the reaction, like this reactionary culture that's going on right now. Because like you said, Alexandra, a lot of us, we were, we were, you know, we were raised a certain way, okay? Like, for instance, I'm not going to lie. At the time, I was brought up, the term gay and trans, like, you know, like Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. He was described as a freak to me back mm-hmm. then. That's what, out, okay, yeah. as a kid, as he came out. Yeah. I don't know if he came out, but he's clearly a cross-dresser at the very least. Oh, he is, yeah. I see he you was, rolling your eyes, Alexandra. Like, hey, you, you Dennis just, Rodman was kicking with uh, Kim Jong-Lee. He was. There. He needs the assassin. He, he needs to be he, in the uh, yeah, assassin. Got, yeah, he's yeah. Yo, yo, we, we need to take North Korea out. Hey, I'm scared. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. Uh, anyway. But, like, off of, off of politics, no, but shit, what was I talking about, man? You got you talk, start, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So growing up, man, basically, like, I was taught that, hey, like, uh, gay is be uh, uh, punks, you know, and shit like that. Right. But as you grow older, eventually I woke up and I was like, man, this shit ain't got nothing to do with right. me. Right, exactly. You know, it has nothing to do with me. I don't care. I get hit on by dudes every now and then. It's like, hey, whatever, you know. I, mm-hmm. But, you, you know, I was telling Nana, my gaydar is really off. Right. I really off. I, I told you, I talked to you, I talked to you about this also. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. But anyway... I think like with these with these cultures, like these growing movements, they don't allow a learning. They don't allow a learning curve. You well, know what I'm saying? But I think part of it is because there's two sides to it. There's the people who become impatient right away, right, mm-hmm. and then they get frustrated. And then there are the people who are saying the volatile things when they could also be taking the opportunity to ask questions. Yeah, and I think that's why you and I became friends the way that we did because. You know, a lot of times you will express your opinions mm-hmm. and people will just argue. You know, mm-hmm. they'll just be like, what? What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. And then everybody gets loud and then nothing gets accomplished. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, me, yeah. I, I'm a little different in my approach. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why do you think that? Yeah. OK, well, can I, you know, can I give you some insight? Like like with the whole <laughs> right. um, quote unquote, like back then, like when I, I was telling you a story or something, and I was talking about a transgender in my in my story. And I right, called him a tranny. S on the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I called him a, yeah, I called okay. him a quote unquote tranny. Mm-hmm. But then Alexandra politely <laughs> let me know, hey, that's an offensive term. At the time, I yeah. thought that was just a shortened word of saying, shortened yeah. way of saying transgender, like granny for grandmother. Like, you know, I thought it was, and you know, grandmother has the same syllables as transgender. Now I think about it, you know, oh, so I thought, I thought, that's all I thought. But rather than tell, rather than call me transphobic, you're mm-hmm. a bigot. You just simply educated me on yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. now from now on, I don't use the term, tra- you know, that term. And, mm-hmm. and that's why you we know? have this podcast to engage in a right. conversation. Exactly, man. To enlighten you. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and then part of that too means, because when, when I hear the name of the show and then, you know, I listen to the episodes that you've recorded so far, mm-hmm. it's you're admitting that you have some problematic ideas and, and, and such, but the safe, place is to me it sounds like you're trying to create a space where you are safe to 
talk about the things that you know you don't know about. Yeah. And you're also open to learn about them. Exactly. It's a safe por- mm-hmm. it's a safe place for discourse and mm-hmm. learning. Right. Okay? Because like that's the problem with right now. Like you're just not allowed to not know shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? You post that you you say the wrong thing, you ask the wrong yeah. question on social yeah. media, you get slandered. Yeah. And I want to ask you, Alexandra, like how do you feel about this change in the climate as far as like do you feel like people are kind of over sensitive right now or I'm what's your what's your take on that? One of the things that characterizes the time that we're in is we've developed language for a lot of things that have always existed. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, I don't remember what I was listening to recently, but like the term microaggressions. Yeah. People have always, you know, like microaggressions have always been um, what exhibited are micro- by people. And it's it's little... <sighs> A backhanded compliment might be an example of a microaggression, but it could be something like, for example, mm-hmm. I'm, I appear to be the youngest person in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, sometimes my colleagues who are closer in age to each other, they'll, you know, exclude me from, you know, some of their gatherings amongst mm-hmm. themselves or they'll go to lunch or what have you. I also eat differently than them. I don't eat animal products. So, you know, often they're going for chicken or what have you. I'm working towards vegan. I'm vegetarian. Okay. So the, so when they, for example, if I'm sitting in my office and I'm right there, like they, I can hear their conversations. Uh They're planning on going to lunch. Everybody gets up to leave. Nobody invites me. That's a microaggression. Mm. Um, I can't think of, well, I can think of so many examples that it's kind of like overwhelming me right now. But what it typically means is... Almost like passive aggressive. Yes, exactly. So that term is relatively new though, microaggression or even Mm. passive aggressive really. But so for... For a black child growing up in Jim Crow South, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't necessarily the language to discuss some of the things they were experiencing or feeling. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, and I say we as like Mm -hmm. without black people, um, we we knew that, you know, it was an imbalanced situation and that the things we were experiencing were painful and, and hurtful and all of this. But now we have again, the language to describe some of these things in ways that um, paint the picture a little more clearly when we're trying to express ourselves. So with that language, and really with language and words in general comes a great deal of responsibility. But different people have different learning curves. And if you're in different circles, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more familiar with some of these, you know, these newer terms than other people. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, as a person who spent a lot of time in literary circles and artsy circles for several years. Mm-hmm. So with writers in particular, as you would imagine, they read a lot too. So they're exposed to a lot of words. They know a lot of words. As writers, they use a lot of words. Yeah. And then on top of that, a lot of artists are able to create because they tap into their feelings, right? So mm-hmm. in that sense, they're well-versed in talking about their feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, 
you know, and this is the way I speak all the time. Sometimes when people meet me at work, they're like, oh, you know, that's your work face. And I'm like, no, this is actually just how I speak. You speak so well. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. That, that, was, no, that, that was, can be a microaggression too. That's what sometimes. I was talking about. I, I, mm. That was sarcastic. That was sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, don't get me started on that one. That's a microaggression right, right there. Mm. Okay, I'm um, learning something. Well, and, and, and so just for anybody who, who you know, doesn't know, because we, we want to believe that you'll have a wide and varied audience with, a multitude of experiences. Oh, yeah. So the reason that, you know, saying someone is so well-spoken can sometimes be considered a microaggression mm-hmm. is because it implies that you're surprised that a person is speaking that well. I was supposed to be retarded. Right. Basically, or some so, shit. So, like, so the reason it's often considered a microaggression is because you often hear that coming from a non-Black person being directed towards a Black person. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes into play. Or even a young person, you know, being a, a young woman who spoke like this, I would often get, you know, oh, you speak so well. Mm. Where did you learn to speak like that? Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Mm. Because, you know, surely, in the South. Uh, you know, well, and I wasn't yeah. raised in the South. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So where, where, where were you born? I'm in? from California. From California, what part? And Los Angeles. Oh, L.A. Okay. So moving to Texas has... Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's provided many, a multitude of learning opportunities. How many years were you living in Los Angeles? I lived there my whole life. Um, I moved to Texas when I was 26, about to turn 27. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. And that was a while ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Okay. So just kind of thinking, uh, all making sense now. Mm-hmm. So was it a huge culture difference from oh, the West Coast huge. to the South? <laughs> A huge one. And and what's funny is Texas is interesting because in to me, it's mm-hmm. the South. Yeah. But to people who live in the deep South, it's the Southwest. So in that sense, some people might consider it to be somewhat progressive, but coming from the West Coast, it's not progressive. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so moving out here, there were a lot of so um I still mm. get to know people and have to gauge over time how much I can disclose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because a lot of Texans are not prepared yeah. to hear yeah. or learn no, about. We're definitely under the right. Bible belt and it's <laughs> yes, a Republican state part. as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But um, so how well do you think, because I know L.A., they're open to the LGBT no transgender. Um, they're person. more open, they're, but I mean, they're still. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's getting, it's gaining more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what would you say about Texas and in particular Dallas? Because I know Dallas actually got a, you know, a pretty strong LG, LGBT yes. community um, community mm-hmm. out here. How you know that? Uh, uh, no, there's an uh, area called a Gaber, the neighborhood, the neighborhood mm-hmm. in, in Dallas. And, it, and it's huge. I've been there. I found it. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's huge. And it's, it's so surprisingly because, you know, the people who represent us are so against it mm-hmm. and, and, and it, they made it known. But Dallas actually got a, like a huge community right. nice over um, of, of, you know, people who support the LGBT group um, in the nation. Well, and really, when you look at, you know, without getting too deep mm-hmm. into politics, um, a lot of times what the public thinks mm-hmm. and what the decision makers think, there's a huge dissonance. 
Because like the public, like yeah. you said, is is a lot more open to um, removing some of the restrictions on LGBT, just as the uh, the public is more open to a lot of things that the politicians are still not okay with. But, you know, but, you know, unfortunately, not everybody gets out to vote. But, yeah. You know, that's not what this episode is about. That's how, exactly. So you, well, I know you identify. Well, 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 before you go into the next question, we, um, I wanted to ask this question: Do you think um, the LGBT groups should have affirmative action? Like, you think it should work for them? Well, That's a good question. Considering that civil rights laws do protect. Um, That's an interesting question. You mean like something like getting into college? Uh, it, it's been, it, I've seen articles. It has been um, some progress mm-hmm. um, in the work environment as well. Like, once again, we cleared up. I'm not really transphobia. I don't have no transphobic. Ill, transphobic. Yeah. I, I don't have no ill will towards anybody that prefers the same sex or is transgender or identify with the pronoun they, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe if they're qualified and they're the best fit for the job, they should get the job. But I mean, there's people who are promoting that people in the LGBT community should have affirmative action. Well, here's the thing. So affirmative action came into play to try to level the playing field. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it it became necessary because things were so grossly disproportionate without it. So for me the goal should still be to for the playing fields to be leveled rather than to focus on building in a cheat code. Like we shouldn't need a cheat code. Yeah. Let's just fix the system yeah. as opposed to trying to build in a loophole. When you yeah. say we, hey, wh- wh- who are you referring to? Like what group? People, no, <laughs> um, just in general. Yeah. Because affirmative action, again, like it, it, we typically think of it in a racial context. But again, it came into play because of the fact that even though there are a lot of highly intelligent people of color, you weren't seeing that representation in colleges, in the workplace, yeah. and so forth. So you know, the the system was set up to kind of guarantee that there would be a certain level of representation of those groups. Because especially with colleges, you know, a lot of those colleges will give preferential treatment to offspring of alumni. Mm-hmm. So that just keeps the campus with the same face that it's always had, as opposed to having the the student body change as the world changes. Yeah. Because now, you know, we're in a global society. So it makes sense that our colleges have as many international students as they do now. Yeah. Just as a lot of American students are going overseas to go yeah. to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we all need to... A lot of this hopefully will shift in the next 50 years just as we continue to move out of our home zones and just learn more about the world. Because once you get to know more people and more kinds of people then you realize that people are at the base of it pretty much the same. Once you start thinking of every, or once you stop thinking 
about all of the ways that people are different, then some of the conversations we've been having today wouldn't even come into play because then you'd realize at the end of the day, this is just another human, another person looking for love, if that's what it is, or another person who needs friends because we all need friends. And a lot of us want, you know, romance too. Mm -hmm. Um, But if a person's asexual and doesn't want romance, that's fine too. Yeah. So, and kind of bring this up uh, to add to my question. Um, what if, you know, somebody that was in, that's, uh, you know, in LGBT community get denied, you know, an offer because of their sexual preference? Or well, that's they assume illegal. that. Right. They assume that because mm-hmm. that's kind of a tricky thing. Like, I didn't choose to be black. I was born black. Right. And once to, to kind of clarify that, you you just indicated uh, our previous conversation that you you didn't choose to be you know pansexual mm-hmm. you were born pansexual mm-hmm. right so uh, for this person that disclosed their sexual preference and was denied a job opportunity and they assumed it was based on their sexual preference or sexuality um, that's kind of that's gonna be tricky that's gonna well, be a tricky argument. I mean, I, I'm not familiar with that particular instance, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you can tell, you know, whether in an interview or whether Mm -hmm. on a first date, you can kind of tell sometimes where the conversation takes a turn. Yeah. You know, when you say that one thing and that's when the person's like, oh, hmm, okay, maybe, you know, maybe not. So it could be that in that instance, you know, right when they said that they could see, Mm -hmm. The, the the attitudes yeah. change or what have you, but without being present, I yeah. couldn't speak you on that particular gotcha. situation. What if it's a lot of incidents that that that's happened, or people in the LGBT community feel like that's happening? Right. That's when I guess affirmative action would take right. place. So you think it's necessary? People in the LGBT community get affirmative action? Um, again, like my my ideally, mm-hmm. I would like it where affirmative action wouldn't be necessary. Because, you know, in theory, no one should be ruled out mm-hmm. for for any reason that's not related to the task at hand. Like unless they present something that inherently means that they can't, you know, study the courses or yeah. perform the job. Or certain because, criminal history. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, yeah. well, for companies, that's a liability issue. Yeah. So... You know, um, but with but since that currently isn't the case, I could see I could see the argument for that. But as with anything, it would have to be structured very well so that, um, you know, people don't abuse the system. Because, as we said, a lot of people will claim to be things that they're not. Yeah. So like if being gay somehow saved like money, like save taxes, I would definitely claim a domestic partner. See, like most definitely. Mm-hmm. Wait, so are you, have you been to a slut walk yet, Alexandra? I have not, but um, I'm familiar with the, the what what it is. What and do you think about them? I I understand the the, the core um, mission of mm-hmm. the slut walk. So. From my understanding, the core mission of a slut walk is to raise awareness against "quote unquote" rape culture, mm-hmm. right? And um, and you know, everything in the feminist movement, I think rape culture is the one thing where, like, I feel like I, I agree with, okay, some way. As far Wait, as the, what as, do you agree with? 
as far as the idea that there's this culture going on mm-hmm. where um, that sort of places blame on the victims of right. rape and sexual assault, you know, uh, the victim it places blame on the victims of sexual mm-hmm. assault and rape while sort of giving the 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 um perpetrator, perpetrator mm-hmm. kind of like an excuse, mm-hmm. you know, justify it. I agree with that. I agree with that idea. I just don't agree with the word rape being used. Mm-hmm. I feel like the word, and we said this too, Nana, I feel like yeah. the, word, the word rape is used so loosely. Yeah. I think it's just a trigger word. Kind of like going back to this trans thing, transgender issue about disclosing your status. Initially, my thoughts were, man, it's kind of like rape, you know, like for somebody to, like, to, to, to not tell you their sex after you have sex with them. It's not. I know it's not. I, it's not. I thought like that initially, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, people use that term way too loosely. It's, it's just deceitful. That's all it mm-hmm. is. But um, I want to ask you, what's going on with these white feminists? Um, well, you're a feminist. I am a feminist. However, uh-huh. I'm not white. You're not white. No, <laughs> so but I'm I could ask- not speak uh, for them. But you know that the black feminists and the white feminists are beefing. Well, I think the challenge is that. In the case of a black woman or a black feminist, you know, there's often the thought that we need to fight which cause we're fight. We need to choose which cause that we're fighting for. But there are multiple causes that, you know, we we believe in and that affect us. And so the fact that sometimes we are expected to like put down our like our our black um like our black uniform and only wear a feminist uniform it, now tell me if i'm if i'm if i'm wrong but for me it seems like the lbgt movement isn't really fucking with black lives matter like that um or or better yet i don't maybe, know who to, not- i don't know who to attribute it, attribute it to cuz it seems like not it seems like the the lbgt movement is a break off from the the white feminist movement I don't know. You might. Need, I need you to clear this up for me if you know, because <laughs> Alexandria, because I, I, I don't think that's know. That's their focus. Well, but, I, but my question is: It seems like these other movements ain't fucking with Black Lives Matter. Well, again, I cannot speak for everybody, but you know, I'm <laughs> yes. gonna have Put to give this disclosure yeah, yeah. five thousand times because you keep asking me all these questions. But <laughs> what I will say is that BLM. Just even the way the media views it, it it, it does seem to be extremely mm-hmm. polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I wouldn't go so so far as to want to say that like other movements for rights and visibility and just greater understanding from society are in like explicit conflict with it. It's just that a lot, you know, going back to what I just said, people feel like, oh, you know, you need to just pick one thing to fight for and like stick with that. Mm -hmm. And because Black Lives Matter is such a, it's perceived because Black is in the name. It's perceived as being a very singular cause. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as if if you're the kind of person who listens to these conversations, then this is something you've heard 5,000 times. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that other lives don't matter. Yeah. It's just that what is happening right now is something that is very clearly happening to black people in disproportionate numbers. Okay, like, yeah. And 
it's it's a reminder. You yeah. know, it's not an exclusionary thing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just a very it's a reminder about a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And because parties who are not directly affected seem to be having trouble grasping that fine point, that seems to be where the misunderstandings are coming yeah. in. And I think it's a big misunderstanding because we try to judge the level of importance as far as, you know, the LGBT group or, you know, uh, the Black, Life, my, Black Lives Matter group as well. But they're all important. They're right. all very important. You can't put a, you know, you can't measure it. The importance, they're, they're very important. Hmm. Well, because well, the I'm thinking, thing is, I'm thinking about it in, in an ideal world. I don't know. In, in an ideal world, there'd be <laughs> liberty and justice for all, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly that's not the case. So people are initially fighting for liberty and justice for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because our because, you know, so many people have different aspects to their lives, you know, when people have multiple mm-hmm. layers of liberty that they're fighting for, that's where you have that kind of tug of war. All right. Also problematic shit. I just had an idea that came to mind. Okay. Like connecting all of these movements together. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Okay. I'm just, I'm just in the kind of how this is going to come out, oh, but yeah. hey, y'all, I'm in live Spit thought. Spit it out. I'm in live Let thought. Let it out. All right. I'm in live thought right now. Y'all can tell me Facebook how I fucked up later. All right. But here's my question. First, I want to say I'm sort of envious of the LBGT movement in relation to Black Lives Matter because I feel like in such a short, much shorter period of time, I feel like that community has elevated themselves to a certain like place of power that holds a lot of value compared to Dang, you said black short people. time. Yeah, it, like it a shorter time. A short time. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying a, a shorter time. Like black people, we've been oppressed for 300 years and we're still. Still rebuild, but I feel like uh, with with Richard L- the L- still walking short shorts. Okay, but with the LBGT community, it's like shit. You say one thing, and they get you the fuck up out of here. And I'm saying like I think there's like a well, and- I, although, like I think there's. My question is, do you think there's sort of like a revenge of the nerds thing going on with the LBGT community? No. And what I mean by that, <laughs> clarify. What I mean by that is, finally they're in a place where I feel like that just similar to black, you know, similar to the black struggle. But now I'm not at all comparing the two. I have my opinions totally on which one. Yeah. I am comparing the two. I am comparing the two. Hey, I'm just going to be honest, okay? This is from my point of view. As a black man, and this is what I identify with, I'm going to say that I feel the black experience is worse. Now, being a black and gay, of course, that's even more problematic. That's, right. even, that's even worse. Now, I can't, now, to any LBGT uh, people out there, you're more than entitled to feel that your struggle is, is worse. I mean, that's you. I'm speaking from the eyes of a black man. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, given from my perspective, I'm saying I feel like their movement, they've made so much more progress in elevating themselves to a place of plow- power that we're still trying to get to. We don't have the you power to run motherfuckers out of here like they do. They're King Joffrey and niggas out you of the game. You know why? Yeah. So, okay. So There's a lot of things to unpack in what you just said. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Speak the truth, sister. <laughs> Let it go. But what I, what I wanted to focus on is because, um, you know, the 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 LGBT movement is something that is multicultural. It also includes the dominant culture in the United States. So that's why, why? that may be why um, they're, they've been able to gain traction in ways that 
you know, people of color have not. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, I see again, like, I don't know. I don't know who is the big umbrella movement, because it's like when you hear the name feminism, you think white feminists. And under that feminist branch, then you have the LBGT no, community. No, you don't. No, they're separate. They're all separate. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like they all ride for each other. Like when I see all the fat, ugly, well, white no, feminists. But, well, no, like, but see, like, like, when riding, I see a, riding for or, or each other is, does not mean that you're like a branch under that. But when I see the white, fat, ugly feminists out there on the marching, they're they repping everybody from LBGT to... Shit, uh, you know, all the the, 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 the so slut walks. The, those uh, are the people that you've seen. And mm-hmm. and the slut walk is a feminist thing. But, you know, so are you saying that these, these you know, the white feminists, as you are so quick to describe, are they for BLM? Hell no. Okay. From what I'm seeing. So that's what I'm saying. They're, like, people have different costs. So if... If there is if there is a white person who uh-huh. happens to be female, who happens to be feminist, okay. who happens to be, you know, to, to self-identify as somewhere mm-hmm. on, you know, the, the LGBT spectrum, mm-hmm. then it may be the case that she, you know, fights for both feminist causes and for LGBT causes. Uh-huh. But um, there are straight white feminists who may not be concerned about LGBT issues. Yeah. So like, are you, oh, excuse me. So you were telling me that, uh, so in relation to that, I'm saying, so you were telling me that they're not affiliated. Like, not uh, inherently. They're not. Okay. Okay. I'm learning something because I thought they were all part of the, uh, like an umbrella under one group. Nope. Okay. So it's not like some alliance or. No, just like how not every, who fights for civil rights is fighting for BLM. True. Okay. That's a good, good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a question. Yes. What's up? So, and this is for Alexandra. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Do you think we or you think we ever can have a gay president? Oh, hell yeah. It's coming soon, but Alexandra. <laughs> An out gay president? Because... Uh, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if we've already had a gay president, but that's what uh, we need. We need a gay Mexican president. I feel like that's up next. Okay, we already wow. had our black. We already had a black we president. We, we well, almost we almost had Hillary, but got fucked by Russia. Here's, here's what I will say: <laughs> the because the pendulum really tends to swing on that sort of thing. You know, we go from ultra conservative to you know pretty darn liberal, and then you know back and forth. So, and particularly in the current context, we're definitely going to see a huge swing in the opposite direction, I'm hoping, next time. So, um, so you know, you might just get your wish. My wish? Uh, that's not my <laughs> you know wish. Hey, I, hey, hey, let me clarify. That's not my wish. Hey, but, uh, let me clarify. Okay. Let me I clarify. Shall. I don't have a problem with it. I'm right. all for our gay Mexican, future gay Mexican president. Nana's views and opinions, that is Nana man. Hey, Y'all can follow I, that's, him. That's not necessarily hey. my wish. <laughs> I'm not saying that, hey, I'm going to be mad or do hate crime, but, you know, I'm going to learn to tolerate it. But, yeah, that's definitely tolerate. not my wish. But I do want to run for president in 2040, uh, Nana for president. Nana, are you transphobic? <laughs> I you thought we got that answer. You, you, no, because when you just said that, like you said, you, you said a lot of shit, but then when you went back to that. Once again, I, well, no, no, but that's I'm not, not tra- about being transphobic. That question would be whether he's homophobic. There you go. Thank you. Homophobic. Are you homophobic, Nana? No, it's I'm a, not homophobic. It's a safe place. 
Can, yeah. You can tell him. I thought we got that out the way. No, we, talk, no, we, no, we said transphobic. Homophobic so, is different. I can coexist with homos or <laughs> homosexuals. <laughs> gay, gay people, bro. My gay bad. people, bro. I can, I, I can coexist We're learning, y'all. with gay people. <laughs> I can tra- uh, coexist with, um, you know, people who like people of the same sex. Um, I might not agree with what they do, and, but, you know, I'll tolerate them. And it's my last question. It it, so you don't have to agree, mm-hmm. and it's not about tolerate because that, that in and of itself has some negative connotation. But should it though? Like for instance, if white people, if like if racist white people, they still had their beliefs, but they just tolerated black people and didn't right. burn crosses in front of our right. yards back in the day and have this conduct this systematic racism going on right now. I could live with tolerating. It depends on how it manifests. Yeah. I feel like we all have prejudices, we're big or small. We all we all have our own That's prejudices. True. So I don't. You know, I don't agree. I, I, I don't have a problem with what you said, Nana, as far as just tolerating each other. Mm-hmm. If that's all we can do is tolerate each other, I think the world would be a much better place. Hey, we do that that's every day true. at work. We do stuff that we don't like to do, mm-hmm. but we tolerate it. Right. You got to get that money. Shit, I have one more question. Well, but it, it, it was the disagree part, or you said like you don't agree or something. I, like I might not agree well, on their sexual to, preference. But, well, there's nothing for you to agree with. Now I remember. Okay, let me forget my point. Alexandra, yes. you heard how Nana was kind of stumbling when he was trying to explain himself about uh, whether he was homophobic. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is, how do you feel about this like over-political correctness as far as trying so hard to make sure that we don't say the wrong thing to upset this certain group of people? Like, that's that that all because like what he just did is what everybody in entertainment is doing right now. When the when, the, when any topic concerning LBGT or... Well, no, but it's not... See, and that's the thing. We talked about how we have language to talk about things that we didn't talk about before. It's not only about LGBT. When people talk about, you know, triggers and giving trigger warnings and all that kind of stuff, that's not limited you to know, LGBT. That's a whole other topic. That's just about the fact that we are more understanding as a society of the fact that, you know, people have experienced traumas, and that there are certain things that maybe you shouldn't just like start. You you just have to be mindful before you kind of plow into certain things. Yeah. Then I was going to wrap this up, bro, but I ha- I have to ask, Alexandra, how do you feel about trigger warnings? Because personally, I feel like it's childish for the most well, of them. Most of them. But you say that as a person who may not have experienced the sort of traumas that where you. Where, where there are things that people need to warn you about before they talk about them. No, but I also come from an era where if there's something that's about to come up on the screen, just click out of it. Like, for instance, I was watching, th- I watched 13 Reasons Why mm-hmm. when it first came out. Right. And on the last episode, it gave a trigger warning about suicide. Right. Which pissed me the fuck off because that was a goddamn spoiler alert. Right. right. I knew somebody was going to kill themselves in the episode. But I'm just like, hey, you already, you're, oh, you're watching the show. As an adult, or however, you should be an adult legally, like watching the show. If you don't like what you're seeing, turn it off. Well, but a lot of times you don't know that until it's already been shown. Now, I understand what you're saying about yeah. it serving as um, a spoiler, because mm-hmm. that was like the key plot point of that episode. Yeah. But in general, like there are people for whom that is a very touchy topic either because of something they've gone through as an individual mm-hmm. or because someone, something someone close to them has, you know. So 
I do think that trigger warnings definitely have a, you know, they they have a relevance. EJ, you're gonna have to learn how to show empathy. I have empathy, bro. <laughs> I really do. Like, I, I think Both a lot of, people, of you can no, work on your empathy. No, I'm I working really, on it. I really, I really do have empathy, but I think the I've best way. I've been reading the book. What's that? The Five Love Languages or oh something like that. Uh, you know, oh, that's I'm your reading that. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm working on hey. myself. Yeah, oh, all right. Hey, high as a Wait, five no. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm fixing my like, black people that, profile I, and everything. No, I have been, dude, I have been. I try to get people to read that book all the time. I just recommended that book to somebody like two weeks ago. There we go. Great minds think alike. So, well, so for people listening, five love languages, please, 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 at least look it up. Like if you look it up online, then, you know, just seeing the summary, you might decide if you want to read the whole book. It's not, it's a quick read. It is a little dry because it is written by a counselor, but oh my gosh, the relevance. Like it will. You want to give them the five? Um, sure. Yeah. Okay, so it ain't cutting this a check. So, well, no, but I mean, seriously, it'll improve your life. I'm just messing with y'all. Go on. So, so the whole thing is that people give and receive love in different ways, mm-hmm. which means that they, so they demonstrate, but then they also understand being the the recipient of love in different ways. But when people don't realize that they're not on the same page about that thing, about those things. One, you might realize that as much as you think you're showing love to your partner, they're not in a position to receive it and vice versa. And two, you may not realize that your partner has been showing you a love. You just weren't prepared. You know, you weren't in a position to receive it because you didn't understand yeah. What that meant for them. Oh shit! So yeah. right, I'm telling you, man, I need to ch- game changer. Level, man. Every, yes. Everybody listening right now is probably like, AJK, you definitely need to get yeah. this book. So, I need to get this fucking so book. So the y'all. five love languages, and you know, most so a person may have one, or there mm-hmm. might be two that Multiples, really kind of yeah. hit them. Um, so no particular order. There's words of affirmation, mm-hmm. gifts, acts of service. That's definitely mine. Uh, physical touch and quality time. These are all characteristics of a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> they are, bro. Like, you didn't think about that? Like, when I heard all of these, not all of these things is what a, a prostitute or an escort <laughs> can give, man. No. <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't uh, mean hey, to bring I it down. I never thought about <laughs> it. But. Y'all can't see my face right now. Oh, but he's man. getting the sideiest of side eyes right no, now. No, no, okay. Hey, Alex, I'm real talk, right. though. I'm going to check out this book, but... <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But, I think you all did. It's, it's it's I think we're going to have to bring on another episode just to mm-hmm. dive Dude, just to talk about that yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of gets to know, you know, you know yourself right. and other people. Right. And it's not and specifically for just your partner, but any type of relationship. Right. Like, like with um, chicken soup, the chicken soup for the soul. So it. You know, so now it's expanded. So now you have the five languages like in the workplace or, you know, for your kids or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it has expanded. But that book, it will make you so you're currently in a relationship. It will cause you to look at your current relationship. It'll also make you think about past relationships and you'll have those yeah. like those aha moments like, yeah. oh, you bet, you bet I, to tell you the truth, yeah. I never think of my past relationships. I, it never comes to mind. Mm. You're but so then it, well trained. It never. It, I'm serious though. <laughs> like I, I really never think of my right, any of my right, exes. Right. You know, I wish them the best. Now I'm thinking right. about them, but I never think about them. 
Well, but but, but in just yeah, in the context I, of like, I, I oh, that's why them. that didn't work. And I just be trying to save them. But the, then once again, I can't be putting the cape on all the time, right. you know? And bro, I think we could benefit from this book. Like both of us have problems in our love life, but in different ways. I have right? no love life. <laughs> it might be because you try to give your number to every single woman you you a thought, bro. No, actually, I Man, like you a it. Thought, no. <laughs> Yo, go to his, I, I, go to like, his Instagram and see all those no. pictures and flexing his abs well, see, and shit. See, I'm also a trainer, so I got to promote my work. So uh, my body guy. is the billboard. Uh, right? So, and I like exclusivity. You know, I like that stuff. And Emotional exclusivity, sexual exclusivity, or both? Um, Both. Okay. And necessary. And, you know, I, I love to, I understand when someone opens up to me, you know, it takes a certain type of confidence to do that. And I don't want to betray their confidence, you know. But um, <laughs> I think it is a growing pro- process for right. all of us. Um, definitely me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, we'll see how that goes. Y'all just keep on tuning in. And then y'all find out about <laughs> Nana's love life. And we'll see where we at from a year from now. We told you, we're going to find we're gonna find him a girl at the slut walk this year. Coming up in October, That's preferably not. not. He's gonna, yeah, we go. He's gonna, we're gonna find Nana, an upstanding well, young lady at the slut in, walk. Considering it's not local, uh, I, I thought go it was to coming LA. to Dallas in October. Oh, I don't know. About yeah, that. I think I believe it's coming to Dallas right. in October. So we going to slut walk. We hitting, in yeah, problematic right. safe place hitting the slut walk. That's but that's it. not the point. The point of the slut walk is not for you to try to find a girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> You no. can find love in different places. Okay. Weird places. But no. No. Looking for love. Very problematic. In all the wrong that places. was super problematic. <laughs> Very. Yo, so, yo, let's wrap this shit up, Man, y'all. It, I, so, I, well, I, okay, go ahead. Alexandra, anything you want to plug in before we head out? I do. First, but first, before you do. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Really, guys. it was for, very for enlightening a cis gentleman like myself, <laughs> educating us mm. on the culture. Mm. Okay, making us more familiar with you yeah. know the the, the language of the land. All right, but now we don't have a problem with any LBGT people, but <laughs> but niggas, we have questions. Okay, right. yeah. so we're always welcome to have those conversations. We want to invite anybody from the from anyone from all walks of life. Right. Okay talk to us. Alexandra, but just thank you. Well, thank you all for having me and thank, thank you, you thank for you. being open to learning new things yeah. and thank you for letting me remind the people that I do not profess to speak for all of any group. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Um, but I also wanted to mention that I too will soon have a podcast Okay. Called, oh, wow. All right, all right. Called Ships in the Night mm. and it is about uh, relationships. Okay. So that's kind of what it's you know, the, the pun there and um, not just romantic relationships. It, you know, will include conversations about friendships and just the different ways that people interact with From each other. From a pansexual perspective? From a human perspective. Oh, got to yeah. humanize. I see what you and did. Okay, yeah. nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but so, anyway, yes, uh-huh. um, you, it's, you know, it's brewing. So mm-hmm. look for that in September. Okay. Any other info you want to, you want to pass out? Um, I am on the interwebs. You okay. can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I'm at you right now. Alexandra No I. So that's A L E X A N D R A N O I. And that uh speaks to the fact that everyone wants to call me Alexandria. Yeah. So because I'm always pointing out to people there's no I, there's no I, there's no I. One day I was like, let me look up Alexandra Noai and see if that username is available. And it was. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Alexandra Noai. 
most everywhere. Initially, when I read that, it took me a while to like it, for it to hit. Like the Alexandria, like not Alexandria. I thought you were just, I thought you were naming like a pronoun or something. I thought that was like Alexandra, no I. I thought that was some, <laughs> I thought you were trying to identify with something. I thought it was much no. deeper than what it was. No. It's at. Okay. <laughs> Alexandra, no I. <laughs> I spelled it out and everything. <laughs> All right. Yo, Nana. What you got for the people? Um, Not much, man. I, I Well, I just wanted to thank Alexandra, no I, uh, for coming on the show. It was very informative um, in all senses. Like, I learned a lot, not only about that group, but about myself as well. Uh, I'll leave you know. I'm not, not transphobic. I'm not transphobic. So for the record. So for the record, I'm not N- transphobic. Nana Man of the Problematic Safe Place is not transphobic. Not at all. And then also, man, uh, since I got the stage here, I just want to encourage y'all. I'm doing a new fast, uh, getting better at one thing every week. So certain area of my life, you know, I want to work on my relationship. I want to work on my career. I want to work on my, uh, you know, my physical condition. So every week I am committed to one area of my life that I need to get better and man, I challenge y'all to do that the same. Absolutely. That's what's up, man. Sir. Oh, yeah. By the way, Problematic Safe Place. We're now available on Google Play, Ooh. iTunes, okay? And of course, SoundCloud. So definitely check us out. SoundCloud, check us out, Problematic man. Safe Place, but also look for us on iTunes or Google Play. What about your interweb? Uh, me? Uh, you can follow me at AGK Jamal, E J I K E J A M A L on Twitter. And, uh, oh, are you gonna start using your Twitter now? I'm gonna. I need to get back active, man. I need to get back active. I could yeah. do. I could tweet, but I fucking hate Instagram. I hate oh, Instagram. Yeah, I love Instagram. I, I don't know how it works. Because I'm a writer. Like I like reading shit. I like yeah. writing. Shit. I like you know. Uh, a lot of people have been starting to use it as a um a bit of a blogging platform. Twitter. No, Instagram. Oh. They'll, you know, they'll, it could be a picture of, you know, whatever they're doing, or it could be a quote, and they'll have these lengthy captions that are pretty much blog posts. Mm. Yeah, so. I just scroll. I keep on scrolling. Yeah. If you got a lengthy caption, I would not read it. I'm just going to scroll. I just need something that requires no effort. That's why I go on Instagram, because it's instantaneous. Right, right. But anyway... <laughs> Hey, but y'all already know where to look for us. Uh, yes, sir. To, hey, this was a good episode. It's the Problematic Safe Place. We out. Bye.